Other than the fact that they can't hit or stay healthy, the Twins are doing just fine. At least the starting pitching is usually pretty good, uh, but the problems are very obvious and they're very damaging at this point in time. This is Chin Music with Roy Smalley and Jim Suhan. Lavelle Neal is a valued member. Uh, he is in the car going to Chicago today, so he will be back next week. By the way, we will be doing a live show, a live Chin Music show, Tuesday, 5.30, O'Donovan's downtown, right by Target Field, uh, right before a Twins game. Stop by on your way to the ballpark. Stop by after work. Have a beer. I will give away at least one bobblehead, and we will give away some other stuff. These shows are sponsored by Grain Belt. Again, 5.30 at O'Donovan's Tuesday night before the Twins game. Giving away at least one bobblehead plus some other smaller gifts. Stop by. Ask a live question to be eligible to win the bobblehead. And, uh, and we'll, like I said, we'll, t- we'll take everybody shows up. Uh, we, we, and Roy and Lavelle are also great about having conversations before and after the show as well. Uh, so stop by Chin Music, our baseball show at talknorth.com. Best way to listen. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It's the easiest way to listen. Thanks to our longtime producer, Brandon Morton, who also makes the live shows uh, work so well. All right, Roy, uh, you want to start with injuries, hitting, or is it all of the same ilk to you? Well, I don't think it's of the, of the same ilk. I mean, the the only ilk there is the not winning baseball games because as a result of those two things. But they're they're pretty. I think they're disparate and, and are, uh, you know two distinct uh, issues. Um, so I, I I don't know. I mean, we talk about hitting forever, but it, you know these injuries it, over the last two or three years just really head shaking. Uh, I just I don't know that anybody has. You know, has a definitive answer, but uh, you know they changed <laughs> they changed training staff. They've got it. They got they have a great, highly regarded guy, and um, it's uh, you know it, it, nothing uh, has really has really changed uh, in terms of the trend. So maybe maybe people we and others uh, need to be looking at where that you know what's causing the trend. But somewhere else. Uh, and maybe it's the way, um, you know, the players are training. I, you know, I really don't know. Yeah. I've just never seen, uh, so many injuries on what should be routine athletic endeavors. Uh, Gallo runs to first base, grabs his hamstring. Polanco runs to first base, grabs his hamstring. Um, you know, Buxton takes a pitch to the ribs. I know it hurts. I know, I know it can injure you. I'm just not sure it should knock you out for 10, 10 days or more. And I've, I'm someone who's always defended Buxton because so many of his injuries have been of the freak nature or specifically related to a knee, which you can't do much about. Uh, it just seems like this should not be happening. And we can say it's the modern athlete and their modern training methods. The fact they, you know, I mean, there's some really old school people who say you got to have a little fat on your body. You know, uh, there are other people saying you need to be, do more baseball skills and less training like an Olympic athlete. You're getting too brittle. But that doesn't explain why the Twins are more injured than other good teams. You know, it's really funny. The, ha- the hamstring injuries are the, are the thing that jump out at me. Because it, you would think that those could be preventable somehow. So whether it's whether it's stretching, whether it's specific uh, hamstring work on uh, machines that uh, have uh, have you work your hamstrings at at high speed. You know, not just not just big weight hamstring curls, but uh, there are machines that uh, where you can get your hamstrings in there and, and if not simulate running action, at least move, move as fast as you can, you know, with lighter, lighter resistance, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you would, you would, 
it, you would think that that would be the uh, the one thing that maybe there might be some preparation uh, for you know mitigation. Um, I I just don't know. I I think what's what I started to say is interesting. When I played for uh, Gene Mock, he said one time somebody had a hamstring injury, and he said, you know. We never had those. He said, you know, Luke Gehrig never had a hamstring injury. The babe never had a hand, you know, I mean, and then through, you know, Mantle and those guys, I mean, we didn't, he said, in that era, we, you know, we didn't have hamstring in, in injuries. And all of a sudden it started happening. You know, Gene thought more like mid, uh, mid seventies to early eighties. And now it just seems like hamstring is just, a, it's not a question of if, but just when, I mean, what, when are you going to plan being out for 10 days with a hamstring pull? You know I mean? That's what, that just seems what to go, every player goes through. So I don't know that, that of all of them seems to me like, it, you know, it ought to be able to be addressed. Yes. And when you talk to people in the training world, uh, they talk about hydration is really important. Stretching is really important, but it's obviously it's, it's beyond that. I'm sure that this, Whatever this franchise's flaws might be, lack of preparation is not one of them. I, so I wonder about over-preparation. And, and to your point, uh, you know, the hamstring injury suddenly became a thing in professional sports. Oblique injuries in the 90s became a thing that nobody had ever heard of before, and all of a sudden everybody was going on the disabled list with those. Groin injuries were never a problem, and suddenly they are a thing. And it does just make me wonder if the modern athlete, and particularly this group of Twins players, does so many extra things trying to develop power and speed that they make themselves brittle. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if, if it's brittle or, you know, the most of the stuff is, you know, it's, it's these soft tissue injuries and, and it's, it's like, there's, it's like there's more force being delivered from one muscle to another where one of the muscles, where the, the muscle that's getting the delivery is not is not up to the task, and and um, that's that's where I suppose uh, oblique injuries could be. You know, that's kind of a uh, might be a clue. Um, you know, the the violent twisting. I mean, and I mean, I think it'd be really easy to build really strong torso, but um, in terms of abdomen and you know lat uh, lat muscles and different that, to, that facilitate you know a violent uh twist of the body when you hit uh that would if the if the obliques aren't you know equally trained it you know to take that specific movement that that could happen i kind of feel like it's the same thing with you know with hamstrings i know that um Hydration is critically important uh, for hamstrings. I mean, I just know that to be true. And it could be a question of not just hydration, but water absorption. You know, that's why, you know, I will say in the old days, my dad used to tell me, you know, the really hot day, hot, humid days where it'd be 100 degrees. And when they're playing in, in uh, St. Louis or in Cincinnati, those, those were two that he always mentioned were just brutally hot and humid. And they would, they would have them. Uh, take uh, salt tablets and the th- that was less about losing the sodium although you know th- that was part of it. but a lot about I mean they they thought then and, and I've been reading about it lately and I, and I know this to be true that 
you know, the right kind of salt is, uh, will help with, you know, with uh, absorption and nutrients of the electrolytes uh, when you drink water. So, you know, just drinking water oftentimes isn't, or electrolyte drinks often isn't enough if, if it's not being absorbed properly. So there's all, there's all kinds of nutrition and exercise things. I guess they probably do all that stuff. You know, you would know better than I, but they, there, there's something's going on. I mean, it's, and it's been, and it's been getting worse over time. Yes, no doubt about it. I, you know, I was a runner and a lacrosse player and loved playing pickup basketball. I've never have injured a hamstring. And I think the key for me was I was born without hamstrings, so I never tried to develop them. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, so here's the, here's the thing. I, I had a couple of, uh, I actually had a couple of hamstrings when I was, when I was playing. I know for a fact that it was a, uh, it was a lack of um, hydration on one part. I, I, part of it, I'm sure. I also had some low back issues that directly translate to hams. Translate yep. to some. I mean, I think there. Were, I, I think you know. I, I don't think there was a mystery about the cut. The two. I think I only had two. Um, you know, for me. Um, but um, I, I think that there's there's some kind of mismatch uh, if it's not electrolytes and hydration um, I think there's some kind of mismatch between what kind of weight training is being done to translate to the running you know to the to the extreme running you know sprinting motion uh, or something there there's got to be something no doubt about it. all right let's get to the hitting woes and we'll talk about a little bit of pitching here too as well uh, once again if you like the show subscribe to your favorite podcast app it's free it's the easiest way to listen you can always go to talknorth.com see all of the other shows as well roy of course former twin star current twins broadcaster uh, i'm jim suhan from the star tribune lavelle neal also a columnist at the star tribune we appreciate you listening we're coming to you from the aquarius home services studio uh want want you to know also we want we want you to know more about Aquarius Home Services. Scott here, your Aquarius Home Services radio guy. Remember complaining about how long the winter was? And now it's time to get ready for hot, humid summer days. Be worry-free with your AC and schedule your tune-up with Aquarius. A quality-trained technician will do a thorough evaluation, review all the details and recommendations, and answer any questions. At Aquarius, our goal is to always provide amazing service and earn the right to be recommended. We're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. Thanks also to First Minnetonka City Bank. We are your locally owned community bank. First Minnetonka City Bank. We're your locally owned community bank. Phone calls are answered by real people instead of a never-ending voicemail system. Dedicated financial representatives who really care about your personal, business, mortgage, and investment objectives. First Minnetonka City Bank is an independent community bank that offers the same wealth of products and services as larger banks, yet provides the highest quality customer service that other banks forget. We take the time to develop one-on-one relationships with our customers. The same banker will work with you year after year, providing the long-term understanding necessary to tailor our services to your changing needs. First Minnetonka City Bank. Stop by or call one of our convenient locations to experience the first Minnetonka difference for yourself. And thanks to All Energy Solar, there is a lot to worry about when running a business. Your utility bill shouldn't be at the top of that list. Solar energy cuts down on unpredictable utility costs, making your job just a little easier. Find out more about how your business can go solar at allenergysolar.com slash learn. Go to allenergysolar.com and you'll find all the other information you need about uh 
getting solar for either your, your personal residence, your business, uh, how installation works, how long all energy solar has been in the business. Again, allenergysolar.com. Uh, so the hitting uh, continues to be a problem. And you see, Karloff, I think, is taking really good at bats. Royce Lewis uh, is still taking good hacks at the ball. Correa showed some signs of life on Wednesday. But in general, the the hitting it just has not been – I guess it was Thursday. In general, the hitting is still a major problem. Uh, what what do you see, Roy? You know, it's it's hard to know for sure. But I, I, I don't think – you know, and injuries in, injuries play a part, right? I mean, if you look at the lineup as as a whole, which you have to do with this Twins lineup, we've talked about that. I mean, they, they've got to have a bunch of guys swing the bat decently to score a lot of runs. Uh, there's not there's not one guy that's going to carry the club for any for any length of time, and no one has really done that at all. Um, not you know Buck or Polanco or or anybody yet um, uh, even come close to you know looking like they're carrying the club um they need to have a lot of guys swinging the bats well and and um i, I think that uh that the hitting coach david popkins some time ago said and this is this was back a month and a half ago probably at least he said you know it looks like we don't have a plan when we go up there and, and he's specifically talking about you know if you're if you're looking for the ball, you know, inside, then don't swing at the ball outside, you know, establish, you know, ownership of one side of the plate or the other, or establish ownership of one speed or another. And what he meant by that was, you know, look for the ball in and then be all over that. Don't, don't swing at pitches early in the count. If it's not in there where you're looking and the same thing with speed, if you think the guy's going to throw you breaking balls, then you know, go up there and look for look for that speed. You know, breaking you know curveballs and changeups. Let's say go up and look for speed. Um, and and then, but then if you know, don't get all discombobulated. If a guy throws you a fastball down the middle and you're looking for something softer, um, or vice versa, you know, then then switch. You know, I mean, that doesn't make it doesn't make sense to switch. That's not the way you you, you know your at bat was was planned. And consequently, if you're looking for fastballs that you want to drive, and and I see a lot of this, looking for a fastball clearly because of the way you swung and missed a breaking ball badly, right? I mean, so clearly you were on you were on fastball. So why swing at the breaking ball? I mean, why make an out even if it's a strike? I've, I've seen I've seen guys go up to the plate and first ball pitch to somebody to throw them a, a breaking ball and it pops it up. Well, if you're looking for a breaking ball. And you got it, and you just popped it up. That's one thing, but if you're looking fastball and you get something else, and you make an out on something you weren't really looking for—first ball pitch or second, you know, one and zero or something like that—well, shame on you. And then back to Ted Williams saying, you know, number one rule is I was going to get a good ball to hit. Number two rule is I never swung if I was fooled. I wasn't going to swing at something that fooled me. And so guys are in a hurry now to, you know, to to put the ball in play, to hit fastballs or to hit strikes or whatever. Um, and, you know, I'm still not convinced that Jose Miranda, for example, what was would have been struggling as bad as he, you know, that earned him the, the demotion if he had just swung at strikes right, early. In, I mean, so that's what I see the most, the most times. I just see what, 
looks like either a lack of plan or a lack of commitment to a plan. And, uh, you know, and I see guys, I, I think maybe all these tendencies, that all the data that they have on this guy tends to throw this one and oh and this two and one and, you know, different things. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know this, but I wouldn't be surprised if guys were screwing themselves into the ground mentally. Oh, and by the way, that gives gives rise to another thought that has to do with the pitch clock. But I wouldn't be surprised if guys were screwing themselves into the ground mentally because of uh, you know data that they have on tendencies of pitchers, and it just gets them all messed up uh, because they, a certain pitch wasn't thrown in the count that they thought. But I know this. I, it looks like a guy's looking breaking ball, and he takes a fastball down the middle. And then, and then he switches to fastball and he swings badly at a curveball. I mean, if you can guess, you can if you guess every pitch, you can be you literally you could be wrong for 500 at bats, all five pitches per at bat. You could be you could be wrong for 2,500 pitches in a season. I mean, I I just don't like. Well, I think he'll throw this now. I think I'll throw this now. Until you get two strikes, I think you should look for a pitch that he, you think he's going to try to throw for a strike to get you out and you ought to take anything else until you get, unless it's a, a hanger that you see well, you know, and take everything until you get to two strikes. And then at two strikes, you can't guess at all. You just have to say, look, I've got to have a two strike approach where I can make contact with most everything. It might not be the greatest contact that I've ever wanted to have, but, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be just a walk back to the dugout because I'm an automatic out with two strikes. Yeah, I, I, you hit on a lot of the things that I've seen and, you know, with my less trained eye, but the things that jump out at me are swing at pitchers, pitches early in the count, swing out of the strike zone when it's not, you know, when you shouldn't be. Uh, I know every once in a while it's going to happen, but it shouldn't be a, a constant. And then taking called third strikes. And, and it's one thing to get absolutely frozen by a great curveball or something. I see so many called third strikes on twins hitters that are essentially fastballs in the hitting zone. And I don't understand that. There's just something that they've either, and that's what, yeah, it's exactly kind of the kind of thing I was getting at, but they, it's either because they, you know, at the last possible nanosecond, they had a, they had a brain cramp, you know, and all of a sudden he's, it's like, he's going to throw me a curve. And then it's a, in your mind, and then it's a fastball, and, you, and you're frozen. You know, you're frozen by that. Um, or it's what I, the other thing I was talking about, which is okay. I, I, I feel the way this at bat's going. I know he's going to throw me that slider now, and then it's a fastball. You know, a pretty good fastball to hit, and you just walk back to the dugout because it wasn't the one that you thought. Either the data said, or the way you felt like the at bat was going. Look, these guys, they may have tendencies, but they're different every game, these pitchers. They're different every game. They're different from hitter to hitter, and they're different from count to count, depending on how they feel about their stuff that day and how the catcher feels like uh, they have a hitter set up for, for something. I mean, I, I'm all for tendencies, but I really don't like he's going to throw you this pitch in this count, especially with two strikes. You cannot allow your mind – to get cluttered with, oh, what if he throws something different? I mean, you just you you, you can't do that. You have to you have to have a two strike approach. The one that makes the most sense to me is to look for fast, but look for fastball speed from 
you know, the in, just inside middle to, to the outside corner, try to wait and hit the ball to the opposite field because then you'll hit any of those fastball strikes except for the one on the inside corner, and you'll hit breaking balls and change-ups if you're trying to do that. And you, you true, you give up the inside corner. The best you can do is just fight it off foul or break your bat or do something. But that's a small price to pay for being you know one pitch versus everything else you could possibly throw. And you see none of that kind of thing. You see, you see nobody um, refuse to be out in front on a fastball with two strikes unless they've got breaking ball in their mind and, and then they get frozen by a, by a fastball, none of, none of which makes sense to me. So this front office has been in place since 2018. The manager has been in place since 2019. Uh, the biggest changes to me have been new hitting coach this year and no Louis Arise to kind of set an example of how to put together competitive at bat. Let's let's start with Arise. The man, I, I haven't checked his average today, he's been hitting around 400, and it is almost the middle of June. Uh, first of all, is there any chance this guy could hit 400 for a full season? And number two, how much do they miss him? Well, I, I think that there is obviously some chance that he get 400. I think it's slim. Um, I also didn't think that anybody in uh, ever at any, as long as baseball was being played, would ever break Lou Gehrig's consecutive games played streak. Cal Ripken demolished that. I don't think anybody will hit in DiMaggio's 56 straight games. Who knows? Could be Luis Arise at some point. And I don't think anybody's going to hit 400 again, especially now with the way the pitching staffs are set up and really, you know, the power arms, you know, you know, from starting pitcher through the through the closer. But if anybody's going to do it, uh, I got to say that uh, Arise would be would be the guy just because of his approach and his talent and his mental toughness and and his his belief in himself. So I don't think he's going to hit 400. Um, is 370 out of the question? Absolutely not. I mean, for me, if a guy hits above 350, I mean. It, I'm not going to quibble over not being 400. I mean, in today's game, the guy guy hitting like this, I mean, he's the closest thing to a you know to a 400 hitter that there, you know that there is, and he's the closest thing to Tony Gwynn and, and Rod Carew that that there is. So uh, good for him. The Twins do miss him. Obviously, um, you can't take a bat like that out of the lineup, even though he's not a huge run producer. Uh, just his ability to even have tough at bats and get one run at a time with two with two outs, right? I mean, that's – and I've said this before. I, I thought it was really smart for Rocco to hit uh, a rise cleanup a lot of the time because uh, – or or fifth because if the third and fourth guys, you know, it, it, you know, two guys get on, the third guy makes an out, fourth guy makes an out. Here's the here's Luisa Rice coming up who's your, your toughest out in the lineup. You know, Rocco saying, you know, what if the bases are loaded? And you know you're, and and the third and fourth guy don't don't get them in. Now, Rocky, if I'm the manager, I'm saying, Luis, give me one run, okay? Just give me. I just need one out of this thing. And and he used to deliver that. So so you miss that kind of toughness at the plate. Uh, and there probably would have been a lot of instances where he arise would have been up in a situation where he could have he could have turned a. Uh, a 
loss or you know a behind or tie game into a go ahead RBI and and win the game. So yes, they they miss him now. Does that mean it was a bad trade? No, I still think I still think it was a good trade. I still think they needed starting pitching. Uh, I think they got a really good starting pitcher, and so I I still like the trade. But that's what's going to happen when you, you trade a batting champion for a frontline pitcher. Then there are going to be times when the batting champion looks like even more than a batting champion. By the way, I saw Tim Cheetah on Monday at the golf tournament. He said he loves the show. He's been talking with Lavelle. We might have him on as a guest sometime. Uh, good to catch up with Tim. That just kind of popped into my brain as we're sitting here. Uh, the, as far as the hitting coach, you know, coaching is really hard because it's not about what you know. You have to know a lot. But you also have to be able to impart it in a way where it will be accepted. You have to make, and you have you have to be a psychologist. You have to uh, first do no harm, but you also have to help in certain situations. And you know whatever the new hitting coach is doing, it is not working right now. And it just I cannot get past the the thought. James Rousen is out there. He's assistant hitting coach for the Detroit Tigers. I don't know if any that kind of a move could possibly be made during a season. I don't know if, if it would be made in the offseason. But James Rousen knew how to get to people. He knew how to encourage, motivate, relax hitters, give them a plan. And, you know, I don't I don't like blaming coaches when things go wrong. These hitters often have their own devices, their own advisors, but it does feel like a team-wide problem here and the hitting coach has to find a way to at least help yeah all all true i i am a giant rousen fan uh as i think you probably know and and yep. i think that it, he and i've had an awful lot of conversations about hitting and about the twins you know approaches and different things and i i, I think he's excellent um i think he he does communicate really well with with players and and communicate, get get on the same level with them. So he, I, I think he kind of gets in their head and their psyche, in terms of understanding what their head and their psyche are all about. And and um, I, I think he he had a real a real talent there. <clears throat> I don't know uh, David Popkins uh, as well, and and the things that I have heard him say, I would not disagree with, and I would not say, oh, we got, you know. That's a trouble spot. I mean, I, I think that's going to be a problem there if you're trying to teach this or that. It's none of that kind of stuff. Um, I, I think the things that I've heard him say, I think, have been absolutely right on. I, I think being a hit, hitting coach is, is, the, is the toughest job in a, in a coaching staff because there's so much failure and it's so dependent on the psyches and the, the mental approach for the most part. And, and obviously talent as well of your, of your hitters. And you, there's a lot, there's, you know, there's a lot you can't change there. I mean, the, even if you're the, the greatest in the, in the world, there's a lot that you can't change. And if <clears throat> I know for a fact that after all the things that we just talked about, about the, the ambassador twins players are taking, I know for a fact that Popkins knows what we were saying. And he, and he has been talking about not doing that. And trying to get them to do otherwise, I mean, it's not like he doesn't get it. So it's it's really hard for me to, you know, to blame you know a, a hitting coach. I I think all, I, I think there are some exceptional hitting coaches. Generally speaking, those hitting coaches, even the even the good ones, they're they make they make good hitters better. 
it's hard to make a guy that's not a real good hitter a really good hitter. That's just hard to do. No doubt. Uh, I, a lot more I want to talk. To, a lot more I want to talk about in this regard. But we are going to we do a long show when we do our live shows. We do, you generally go about an hour. So we're going to save some of these conversations for Tuesday night at O'Donovan's at five thirty. Again, sponsored by Grain Belt. Come on by after work or before the Twins game. It's right there. It's on your way to the ballpark. Just stop by, say hello, have a beer. Again, we will give away at least a bobblehead as well as probably some cool Grain Belt stuff. Uh, we are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Uh, thanks to Brandon Morton, our producer. Thanks, as always, to Roy. Uh, we'll see you Tuesday. Uh, spread the word. Come on by. Let's have a good time.